Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. But uh, we are honored today to have Brother Cade Wallace. He is my, I think we cleared up, first cousin once removed, I think is what he is. Is that right? I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, that's what Cade says. So we're gonna, He's the preacher today, so we're going to go with his version of the story. We are related. Somewhere down the line, we're cousins. It's either first, for once related, or second cousins. Uh, but Cade is, uh, has had a scholarship to go play golf at a college and uh, decided instead to pursue the call of God in his life. And so he turned, cashed in that, well, he didn't get anything back out of it. He just gave that scholarship up and instead is, is attending Urshan College there in St. Louis, Missouri, where he is uh, studying and uh, working to be a, a preacher. But he's also already doing a great job at it. He came Friday night and preached to our young people and did an incredible job and uh, is just anointed. He's only 19, I think, is that right, Kate? 19 years of age, so he is young. But I, I was very impressed by the command he has in the pulpit and just the anointing that's already on his life. And so how many of you are going to help me today? We're going to get behind the preacher. We're going to help him today. Amen. But here's the other part about that. Kate doesn't know anything about you. He doesn't know your names, most of you. Uh, he doesn't know anything about you. So if he starts stepping on your toes today, or if he starts dealing with something, you're like, I wonder if Pastor told him. Pastor hasn't told him anything. All right, Brother Josh didn't tell him anything about you. So anything that comes today, you need to receive that. That's God speaking to you. Amen. Why would God do that? Because he loves you and he cares about you. Amen. So would you help me right now, Brother Cave? Why don't you come preach to us the word of the Lord? Amen. Can we give that praise to the one who really deserves it? Just for one more moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome presence of the Lord that's already in this place. And I just have to wonder if a pastor gave me such kind words because we're once related cousins or if he does that for everyone that comes in. But whatever the case may be, I'm thankful to be here. And you can go ahead and take a seat. I, uh, he mentioned I came in uh, this weekend and Friday night I was with the youth group and we had an incredible service and I've just had an amazing time here at Living Hope and it's only, I've only been to Maryland a few times and this is actually my first time to be here at this church and I'm just so incredibly thankful and honored that Pastor would have me come in and to allow me to minister to you all and to the youth group the past few days and you know, we may be family. We can't quite figure out exactly how it all works out, but we know we're family. But they made sure to make me feel like we were family when I got here, and I'm sure that's the case for everyone who's, who's gotten to know them. And I appreciate them so much for being so kind to me. And I give Pastor uh, back home in Arkansas honor as well. He, uh, Pastor Staten here might have accidentally called me first. When he called me to come out, he, he called me and said, Is this Pastor Sullivan? I said, No, sir, this is Cade Wallace. And found out he had actually called the wrong number, and uh, or at least the wrong number first. I hope he didn't mean to call someone else, but whatever the case may be, we got it all figured out, and I'm so blessed to be here, so thankful. And I've gotten to meet Brother, Brother Josh right here and his wife, and it's just been such an incredible time. We've connected so well, and I've had just, just the greatest time the past few days, and today as well. It's just been, just been so wonderful to work alongside them and just, just meet everyone. It's been incredible. Uh, Friday night was awesome. Uh, the youth group um, really has just blown me away. And uh, just the response and their hunger and their desire, it truly has just been nothing short of inspiring to me. And Friday night, I preached about a guy named Peter. And I preached about 
how far from perfect he really was, but in spite of his imperfection, God was able to use him for things that seemed impossible to everyone else. To everyone else, he was just a simple fisherman, but when Jesus stepped in, he looked past all the other imperfections in his life and said, I see something a little deeper inside of you. I see a desire. I see a hunger. And so he called him to places that he would have never reached on his own, but when Jesus stepped in, he looked past everything else and saw something in him that would allow him to do things that seemed otherwise impossible. And so I preached about Peter and, and about how he did all these things that seemed impossible. And, and one of those things that he did was he preached the day of Pentecost. He stood up before the people that day and he preached, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. And he shall receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And I'm so thankful that that message is still true today. I'm so thankful that I have a hope in that gospel message. I'm so thankful that I can just confess my sins. I can ask for his forgiveness, and he is just to forgive me. He's just to fill me with this Holy Spirit, and I can go forth in power and be saved from everything that I have dwelled in before. I can be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm so thankful that that message 2,000 years ago is still true. Amen. How many of you are thankful that that message is still true? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's so faithful. He's so true. And I'm so thankful for that message that he preached, that it's so true. And you know that he preached it with power because of the promise that came from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which says, but you shall receive the power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm so thankful for the gospel that saves my soul. I'm so thankful for a Jesus who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm so thankful for the blood that he shed on Calvary that day that he could cover me. He could wash away all my sins from now until forever. He washes it all away because of that one act, because of that one great sacrifice that he made. And what a promise that day of Pentecost gave me, but the same promise is here today. What I'm most interested in today, though, and what I want to preach to you is what happened after Pentecost. Did, pre did Peter actually practice what he preached? Was he a witness unto Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even unto the uttermost parts of the earth? And I would have to say that he was. And I thank the Lord that, that Peter was a preacher of integrity because I'm going to be taking my text from what takes place just after Pentecost in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And I'd ask that we could stand for the reading of the word. This is where I'm going to be taking my text from today is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. In verse 1 reads, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Verse 3 says, Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked in alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. In verse 5 he says, And he gave un heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. He expected silver and gold like he asked. But Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And thankfully, in verse 7, it says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And verse 10 says, And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. We come across a lame man in this story who's been found at the gate, and he's a man who's been lame from his birth. And, and what's so sad to me is he's crying out for silver and gold, but his true need is he needs a miracle from Jesus Christ. But there is no cry for help. There's no request for a miracle. There's no desire on his part for those who enter into the temple to bring healing to his body. But because Peter was called into the uttermost parts of the earth, the first, meter, the first miracle that follows the day of Pentecost is just outside of the temple. Just outside of this temple at a gate called Beautiful. I want to preach today about the uttermost parts of Pentecost. It might not be as far as you think it is. It might just be right outside of the gate. It might just be right outside of the temple. That's what I want to preach today is that Peter preached unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I want to preach about the uttermost parts of Pentecost. 
And if you're going to preach with me today, can we just lift our hands and ask the Lord that he would have his way in this place. Jesus, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today, Jesus, would not hear me, Lord, but they would hear your voice as you speak through me, Lord. I pray that you would anoint this service, God. Open every eye, open every ear, and open every heart to receive your word, Jesus. And I pray that you would give us a revelation of the power that is found in your spirit that dwells inside us. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, and I worship you, Jesus. Can we give him a hand clap of praise? Go ahead and be seated. A thing that's amazing to me is when that promise is given in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, there's a few places that are named Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but then it's capped off by saying even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And Peter goes and he preaches the message of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, but it's not just but a few verses later in, in Acts chapter 3 that, that he's first met with the challenge to practice what he preached. And, and I don't know what Peter was thinking when this promise was given even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't know if that meant he was going to Tahiti like Pastor is. I don't know where he thought the uttermost parts of the earth was, but I don't know that when he heard that that he thought it would be just outside the temple. That he would be able to give this message to somebody. But... Like I said, the, the saddest part of the story to me is, is what the man was asking for at this gate. It's a lame man. We know from the story that he was a lame man from birth. He had never walked in his life. It says that his friends had to carry him to the gate every day. He had to be carried. He couldn't do anything on his own, but his friends had to carry him. And so we, we can see this need. It's so obvious to us that his need was not silver and gold. What would he do with silver and gold? It's not like he could go anywhere with this money that he might receive. But what his need really was was a need for a miracle. He needed a touch from Jesus Christ so that he could rise up and walk but that was not the request that he made and I liken the world into this lame man today because the world knows that they need something but their desires are incorrectly placed we see the story of the lame man where he's lying at the gate of the temple but he's asking for silver and gold why does he do that and I have to believe that it's because that's what he was taught to ask for I have to believe that because of the culture and the society that deemed how important you were or how much value you had was based on the amount of money or your economic status, I have to believe that that was the reasoning for why he was asking for silver and gold instead of what he truly needed. He had been taught to ask for something that he didn't need. His desires were in the wrong place. And the lame man was in need, but he desired what society had deemed necessary. He desired what society desired after. He desired after what the world told him to desire after. And the story doesn't tell us exactly how successful he was. I have no idea how much money he made. Maybe he kept going back because it was a good spot. I mean, he probably knew that these people entering the temple were taught to be charitable. They were taught to give money to the poor or to reach out to the poor. And so, man, he thought he hit the jackpot outside of this gate. He probably was thinking, man, I'm never leaving this joint. He's thinking... You know, I, I'm making bank here. These other people are working hard, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here and just asking for money, and they're just, they're just giving it left and right. And, but I have no idea whether he was the richest man in the world or if he truly had nothing still. But it doesn't ever say how much he really made or how successful he was. But I have to think that if he had to come back to the gate every day, he wasn't getting his desires fulfilled. He probably wasn't getting enough of what he wanted. He probably wasn't being fulfilled like he was desiring to be fulfilled. And he probably really wasn't getting much. But his requests never ceased. Every day he's brought by his friends to come and beg. And I can only imagine how those conversations would go. Or with his friends when they would come and pick him up. You know, they probably first question was, how much did you make today? And, you know, they go through and they count it all out. And then they bring him back to his home. And then the next day they take him back. And it's just ongoing and ongoing cycle of, of uh, hopelessness. And, and I just can't imagine how, how hopeless it really was to every day know exactly what was going to take place. I can't imagine how hopeless it is to, to place desires in things that really have no value such as this lame man did. I can't really imagine what it's like to be so hopeless and to not know that there's anything in the world that can really fulfill those desires that I have. I, I just can't imagine being so hopeless that you would go back to the same place where your desires are never fulfilled. 
But we see that that's what this man did. That's all he knew to do. And I had to wonder, was, had he been going there his whole life? Was it just a few years that he had been going back to this place? But I figured he had been going there his whole life. He had found this spot, and he was going to stay right where he was. But whatever the duration had been, I'm sure that their hopes of success were a lot higher than when they first began. Hope began to dwindle, and, and just going through the same routine, I'm sure when he first went to the gate, he was thinking that this thing that everyone has deemed necessary is, is valuable, it's going to be incredible when I get my hands on it. But every day he would leave with a sense of, of, of hopelessness and, and a sense of, of lacking something. And, but he just kept coming back because where else was he going to go? What else was he going to do? See, our world today, that we, we, we deem some things as necessary. But, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, when you look at it through the lens of this book right here, we see that it's not really that valuable. But we've been taught by this world that there are some things that we place our value in, that they, they're, they're going to set us for the entire rest of our lives. But when we go back to these things, we feel a lack. We feel something is missing. We feel like our desires aren't being fulfilled. But we go back because it's the only thing that we know. It's the only thing that we've been taught are really going to bring any value to our lives. And so we go back time and time again, never knowing that there's a man named Jesus. Never knowing that there's somewhere that we can come. There's an altar that we can come to. There's a name that we can pray in. There's a promise that we have that he will pour out a spirit upon us. And we can leave this place feeling fulfilled. We don't have to leave this place lacking. We don't have to leave this place without the power of the Holy Ghost. But right here, right here in this place today, Jesus can step down and change everything. You might have been laying from birth. You might have never known what it was like to walk. You might have never known what it was like to have your desires fulfilled. But here today, Jesus can meet that need. Jesus can fulfill that need in your life. You've never known what to ask for, but here today, I'll tell you what to ask for. Just ask for a touch from him today. Just call on that name of Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus. There's all power in that name. Everything that you need is just found in that one name of Jesus. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to find another gate to go to. It's all found at the gate called Beautiful where Jesus Christ is. I'm so thankful for that name today. Thank you, Jesus, for that name. And we don't see the world as a lame man because if we do, Consequently, we're convicted to stop and to listen to the cries of the people, just as Peter and John did. Sometimes we'll hear this promise that the power of the Holy Ghost is even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And so sometimes it's real easy to place that burden on someone else. It's real easy to say, well, I'm not part of the uttermost parts of the earth. I live in Lexington Park. I live in St. Mary's County. That, surely that's not the uttermost parts of the earth. And so it's real easy to fail to see this world as the lame man. It's real easy to not see this world as a lame man because then we are required to stop and to listen. There's no altar call out there. Outside of these four walls, there's, there's no altars. There's no altar calls where they're asked to come and, and to make their true request known to everyone. This is life. Day to day, there are things that take place and the requests for what is truly needed are kept private. They're not vocalized. We're taught to keep our issues internalized and to keep it to ourselves. We don't really let anyone know what's really going on. This world, they won't really tell you what they need, but it's your job, it's your duty to understand that they can tell you all these other things that they want. They can show you that their desire is placed in all these other things, but it's our job to understand that what they need, what they truly desire is found in Jesus Christ. See, that's what an apostolic Pentecostal, a Holy Ghost-filled person is meant to do, is to go and to be witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth, to have an ear to listen to the world as they cry out in pain, as they cry out in discomfort, as they cry out for needs, and you have to hear them and understand that they're crying out for Jesus. They might not say they need him, but we have to understand that's what their need is, that's what their desire, that's where their desires can be filled is in his name. It's not found in drugs or alcohol. It's not found in that perfect job. You know, these things that people find desires in, it doesn't have to have a negative connotation in this world. It doesn't have to be something that completely ruins their life. Sometimes it might be a, a, a grab for money. It might be thinking that you have to have a perfect job. It might be things that you think are going to fulfill your life because you've been taught that it's going to fulfill you. 
It doesn't have to be something that everyone, doesn't have to be someone for church can look at you and think, man, what is going on in their life? What are they doing wrong? It could be something that has been taught is perfectly correct in our world today. But you fall short every time. Every time you get more, you think, I thought that would be enough. I guess I need more. I guess I need to go back. I guess I need to get a little bit more of that. But every time you come up a little bit short, every time you leave that place, you leave that job, you go home and you feel like there's something missing. You feel like you've come up short and you have to wonder where in the world do I find something that makes me feel whole. And it's in a place like this. It's in the presence of Jesus where you can be made whole. It's in the presence of Jesus where you can feel like your desires have been met. It's in the presence of Jesus where you can feel like everything that's been missing. It's where you can stand and where you can leap. Where you haven't walked before. Where the lame man had been lying at the gate. He stood up and he leaped and he entered into the temple Seeing the praises of the one who saved him. Seeing the praises of the one who healed him. It's in his presence where every desire can be met. Where every need can be fulfilled. And I'm so thankful for someone like that who saved me. And because he saved me, I have to go and tell the world who he is. I have to preach into the uttermost parts of the world. That's the uttermost parts of Pentecost. It might just be right outside these four walls. It might be at the restaurant where you go to have lunch today. It might be that phone call you make tomorrow. It might be that person at your job, at the workplace, that they've been telling you a few things about their marriage. They've been telling you a few things about the bills that have been stacking up. They're telling you some things that have been wrong. They're telling you that they're the lame man at the temple, but it's our job to have the ears to listen. They won't tell you that they need Jesus because they don't know. They don't know that Jesus is the one that they need. All they know is they need something, but they don't know. But we know who he is. We know the power that is found in his name. We know the desires that are fulfilled in his name. We know the hands that were lifted in this place just a moment ago. Testimonies that we know who he is. It's time to leave this place with your hands held high. Telling the world, I have somebody. I have something for you. I don't have silver or gold, but such as I have, I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. These other things that we have aren't going to help. They aren't going to reach these people. It's only in the precious name of Jesus that we could ever reach this world, that we could truly ever help anyone. It's found in the name of Jesus. It's found in the name of Jesus. It's our job to listen, to hear the requests, and to know that they're asking for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and return back to your seats. I had a revelation a few years ago, and you might hear this and think it sounds dumb or it doesn't really make any sense, but, you know, a lot of people probably think that hearing and listening are the same thing. You know, I heard you. I listened. It doesn't sound like there's much difference, but I feel like not that long ago, I kind of realized there's a little bit of a difference between the two. See, for me, hearing is you hear their needs. You hear what your mom tells you, you hear what somebody tells you to do, you hear it. But listening is internalizing it, is responding to it. Hearing it could go in one ear and out the other. Listening is taking what you hear, internalizing it, and responding to what has been said. See, the most inspiring detail of this story for me is that Peter and John, they didn't come to the temple for the purpose of finding this man who is known to be lying at the gate. And this lame man, he did not lie at the gate that day knowing Peter and John would come and give him everything that he ever desired or needed. But my question is why did no one stop and give him such as they have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Why had no one stopped before? Why had no one else who was entering into the temple to go pray? Why had they not heard the request for silver and gold and known that Jesus Christ was what this man needed? That's my question as I read this story. Why did it take this long? It says this man had been lame from his birth. It wasn't something that had happened just recently. It wasn't something that had just happened within the past week. But this is something that had gone on his entire life. And I have to wonder why had nobody stopped to help him. And that place. And I'm sure there were people who felt guilty, who saw this man and knew that he was missing something, but you know, they had to be on their way. 
They had to make their way into the temple. You know, that was their scheduled time to pray. And they were going out through their, their busy day-to-day lives. And they, they heard the man. They heard it, but did they really internalize it? Did, was there any response to the man? They might have tossed a few coins his way. They might have heard the response. But, but my issue with the story is that they might have heard him, but were they listening? Were they listening for the cries of a man who was lacking something? Who didn't have everything that he needed. And the difference between hearing and listening is that listening requires attention and it requires action. To listen, you have to be looking for something to listen to. To listen, your attention has to be turned toward the voice that's speaking. But even more than that, if you stop there, that's just hearing. But if you go further and you respond to what has been spoken, if you respond to what has been said, that's action, that's listening. See, John and Peter, they didn't just hear this man, but they listened. They listened because they were ready. Their daily desire was to give the people what they had, to give the people the hope that they knew. They had the ear to hear the cries of a lame beggar and know that his true need was the miraculous power of Jesus. They knew that there might be some places out there that are considered the uttermost parts of the world and that he was called to be a witness unto that place. He was called to be a witness unto the people of who Jesus Christ really was. John and Peter went about their days listening, looking for someone to give what they had. They knew they didn't have silver and gold. They weren't looking to give that away. But they knew they had something that even if they gave it to somebody else, they had just as much of Jesus themselves. See, it's not a selfish thing to, to give Jesus to somebody else because just as much as you can give him to the world, there's plenty of Jesus to go around. See, our job is to, to spread Jesus throughout the world, but that doesn't take away from us. But instead, he called us to spread Jesus to the entire world, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even unto the uttermost parts of the world. We're meant to give Jesus to this world because that's what they really need. That's what they need. Is that, is that our desire? Is that our purpose? To maybe not show people Jesus just because we're in the altar and there was a, an explicit need expressed to the people there there wasn't a prayer request that was made known to everyone they didn't come and tell us I need you to pray for me they didn't come and tell you I'm I'm I need Jesus in my life that 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 request was not made into John and Peter but it's our desire is that my purpose to listen for somebody to ask for silver and gold and to understand I know you don't need silver and gold I don't know what good that does for you but I've got Jesus to give you I've got Jesus Christ of Nazareth I've got hope I've got joy I've got peace he's so great we sing the praises in this place we know how good he is we know how great he is and we know that he is what this world needs we know that he is what this world desires so it has to be our desire it has to be our purpose to listen for somebody to ask for something completely different than Jesus. Something that this world has deemed necessary. Something that this world placed its faith in. And to understand my faith is in Jesus. And I have never left this place lacking. I've never left his presence feeling like I had come up short of something. I've never seen his seed begging bread. That's the promise that I have in Jesus is his faithfulness. And that he fulfills every need, every desire. Thank you, Jesus. That same year that Jesus had when he met the woman at the well. As he told her, he told him all of her faults and failures. She never asked for Jesus to heal her or to to fix everything that was going on. All she did was tell him about the things going on in his life. All she did was tell him about her faults and her failures, but Jesus had that ear. He had that ear that was open, that was listening always for somebody. There's no point in Scripture where you can point me to that you could tell me Jesus wasn't looking for somebody. There's no point in Scripture where you can tell me Jesus wasn't listening for somebody. But through his entire life, his desire, his purpose was to meet somebody's need was to give somebody what he had to offer. So that same ear that he had at that well, that same ear that Peter and John had at the gate, that's the same ear that we have to have. That's the same ear that I want to have. 
I can sit here and tell you that that's the ear we have to have, that that's our duty, that's what we're supposed to do, but that's got to become a desire. That can't just become something that you know you're supposed to do, but you've got to pray that God would burden you for these people, that you've got to pray that he would burden you for the people on your job, in your family. You've got to pray that he would give you a desire not to just hear but to listen. It can't just happen by happenstance. It can't just be a coincidence that somebody comes to you and you hear them, but it's an intentional desire to listen, and to want to give Jesus to this world. That's the desire I want is to have that ear to listen. I want to listen to the waitress who tells me she's working a double shift because she's got too many debts to pay. The waitress who's got plenty of children and she's a single mother. I want to listen to somebody who's going to tell me their faults and failures and shortcomings and all the things that seem to be going on in their lives that have just been stacking up and up and up and they don't know what to do about it. I want to listen to these people and understand they're not looking for more money. They're not looking for the right job. They're not looking for a certain drug or some kind of alcohol to fix their needs. They're looking for Jesus and I've got them. I've got something to give you. I don't have silver and gold, but such as I have, I've got everything to give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. That's all you got to tell them is that in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Come out of your situation. Come out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what the scripture says. He called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's so faithful and just to forgive. There is no thing that can keep you from the love of Christ. There is no thing that can keep you from being saved in his name. There is no thing that can keep you from being fulfilled in him. I'm so thankful for a Jesus whose promise is to pour himself out to me. And because of that, he'll pour himself out to everyone else. To anyone that I speak to, anyone that I come into contact to, I can know. That can be my hope. It's to know it's not just me. But it's for the lame man at the gate. It's for the waitress at the restaurant. It's for my family member who seems to be lost. It's for the people at your job. It's for everyone in this world. The promise is even unto your children and as many as the Lord shall call. It's to everyone this promise. Such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. That's the uttermost parts of Pentecost. It's to reach those who no one else will. To reach those who no one else has. When no one else has the desire to listen, it has to be yours. It might fall on you. It might be yours, your burden to carry. And you might wonder, why in the world is this, has this person not come to pastor? I know he can handle this situation. I know pastor knows about Jesus. I know pastor knows how to witness. Why in the world has this not happened to the person next to me? Why is it falling on me? Well, can I tell you that any any interaction with Jesus, once you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the power to witness. Your promise, your calling is to witness. I don't know if that's pastor. I don't know if that's preacher. I don't know if that's teacher, Bible study teacher. I don't know if that's usher or greeter, but you have the power of the Holy Ghost to witness. No matter what title you fall under, you're a witness unto the Holy Ghost. You're a witness unto Jesus Christ. Wherever you work, whatever your economic status is, no matter where you find yourself, you are a witness unto Jesus Christ. And that's why it has to be your desire to have the ear to not just hear, but to listen. Because when you listen, you're called to action. And when you respond to that need, you give them something they've never experienced before. You give them Jesus who can pull them out of the miry clay, set them on solid ground. Meet every need that they've ever had. Fulfill every desire they've ever had in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for a message that was preached at Pentecost. A message that's still true today. And that it doesn't just rest within these four walls. It doesn't just rest within a church house. But it goes with you. It's a message that you don't have to have all the right notes. You don't have to have everything put together. You don't have to sound pretty when you say it. All you have to do is just give them what you know. Give them what you've experienced. Your testimony is going to do more than you'll ever know. My testimony might not reach who yours will. 
So you've got to walk out of this place with your hand held high, saying, I know a man named Jesus. I know somebody who met my need, who fulfilled my desire, who healed me of depression, who healed my body, who met my financial needs. I know somebody named Jesus. That's who I'm giving you today. I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to have a mic to tell you who he is. I just have to have a mouth to speak and an ear to listen. That's all that's required to be a witness is to have an ear to listen and a mouth to speak. Witnesses even unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I asked Brooke just before I came in here, I said, what's the name of the town we're in? I said, what's the name of the county? Because I wanted to tell you that Lexington Park and St. Mary's County fall under the uttermost parts of the earth. They're not as far off as you think they are. You don't have to be a missionary to Africa. You don't have to preach at the greatest conferences. You don't even have to preach at all. All you have to do is just give them what you have. All you have to do is just have an ear to listen and to understand, I've got what you need. I don't care where I find myself at right now. I hear a need. I'm listening for you. I heard you call out. I know that you need Jesus, and I'm giving you what you have. What I have is Jesus Christ, and I'm giving it to you today. They're looking, they're looking for the eternal hope that I have in Jesus. They just don't know how to ask. It hurts me to know that they don't know how to ask. Everything I know, Pastor, everything I've experienced, they need it. But they don't know. This man, he lied at the gate and he said, give me money. Give me silver and gold. But it took a Peter. It took a John. To hear the cries for silver and gold. And to know that that wasn't what they needed. That was not what he needed in that situation. It was a touch from Jesus Christ. That's what we've got to learn is they're not going to ask for Jesus. Not because they don't want to. It's because they don't know how, Pastor. They don't know what to ask for. They've never experienced this. They don't know what it's like to live in joy and in hope and in peace and in every situation. Know that there's a name that they can call on. They don't know. But we do. We've got the hope in his name. And it has to become our desire to give this world what we have. And I'm sorry if this offends anyone. I truly am, but we can't be selfish with what we have. We can't be selfish with knowing this hope. The entire reason that we were given this power of the Holy Ghost is to give it to someone else. Is to go and just share the gospel. We receive the power of the Holy Ghost to be witnesses unto the world, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's why you've got what you have. Yes, to get through your own situations. Yes, to have your own needs met, to have your own desires fulfilled. But more than that, you're meant to reach this world. More than that, you're meant to go out and listen for those who don't know how to ask for Jesus. And listening is so crucial to helping this world. But what good is it if you don't know what you have? If you don't know what you have to give. See, that's the difference in the story. There might have been people who passed by that gate and heard that man and listened and they heard a cry for a man named Jesus, but they weren't so sure that they really had Jesus Christ of Nazareth to give them. All they really know is that they've got, you know, I've got a little silver and gold that I can give you. I know I have that. I know I've got something I can, I've got something tangible I can give you. I, I know I've got that, but did they really know that they had Jesus Christ of Nazareth to give them? See, everything else that you can do, you can hear the needs, you can listen and want to help, but if you don't know what you've got to give, if you don't know what you have to give, listening falls short. But Peter, he knew the authority that he had in the name of Jesus Christ. He knew the authority that was found in his name. He knew the peace and the joy and the hope because he had experienced it. It wasn't because his name was Peter. It wasn't because John's name was what it was. It wasn't because he had preached Pentecost. It wasn't simply because Peter was one of the 12 disciples. It wasn't any of those reasons, but it was because of even just one experience with Jesus. Even if it was just one experience with him, to have that power with inside of him. 
to have that understanding and the knowledge that Jesus, he can meet any desire, fulfill any need. Even if it was just one experience, he knew what was found in that name. So Peter listens. He hears a a need for Jesus, not for silver and gold. And he responds by saying, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. But he had to know what he had to give. And Peter, he knew. He knew because of all the experiences that he'd had with Jesus. He knew because he had a relationship with Jesus. And for as much as our calling is to be witnesses under this world, who are you going to witness about? If you don't know what it is that you have to give, then, then all your efforts, all your desires, they come up just a little short. I really want to help you, but I'll have to call pastor. Maybe we can set up a meeting. Well, maybe that meeting falls through. Maybe he never gets a chance to meet with pastor. Young person, maybe they never get to meet with Brother Josh right here. Maybe they never get to meet with a Peter or a John, but they met you. Your past crossed. You heard them. You're the one who gets to meet them. You're the one who has been set in their path. To give them Jesus. They might never get to meet pastor. They might never get to meet someone that you think has it all together. They might never get to meet somebody who you think knows every scripture that there is. They might never get to meet them, but they get to meet you. That's why I have to know what I have to give. That's why I have to know the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. That's why I've got to know this message of Pentecost. That's why I've got to know the power that's found in the Holy Ghost. That's why I've got to know because I've got an ear to listen. And I want to help this world. I want to fulfill the promise that was given in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And in Acts chapter 2 verse 38. I want to be a witness unto the uttermost parts of the world. That's my desire. Is not just listen but to be able to give what I have. And the reason I want to help the lame man that I find throughout my daily life is because, Pastor, I once was that lame man. I talked about it with you this morning in class. We talked about light and darkness, and I talked about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, He called me out of darkness into His marvelous light. And I read, I was reading through these few verses right before I came up and something that hadn't even stuck out to me yet just got a hold of me. And it says this this lame man was, he was lame from birth. He never knew anything about walking or what it was to have a a, a normal life as it was declared by society and, and culture at that time. He never knew what it was like. And he had never experienced Jesus Christ. But for me, I once was that lame man. And more than once, I've been that lame man. Even once I experienced him the first time and he filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost and and I spoke in other tongues. Even since then, there have been times that I've fallen a little short. There's been times that I've come up just just a little short and I've, I've failed and I've gone right back to that gate. That gate called beautiful. I've gone right back to it. And the reason why I'm looking for a lame man It's because even though I go back to that gate sometimes, you see this man at the gate, he was lying there in probably a hopeless and undesirable state. But the moment that Jesus Christ was given to him, it says he leaped up. He stood up, he leaped, he entered into the temple praising. And if you look at those two lifestyles, there's so much more joy and peace that is found when Jesus Christ enters into your life. So because I was once the lame man, but now I'm standing up, walking, leaping, entering into the temple with praises. That's why I want to go back. I want to get all the lame men that I know. I want to get everyone that I know needs Jesus. And I've got to bring, even if I've got to drag them into the temple, even if I've got to pull them with me, I'm giving them what I have. I don't have silver and gold to give. I really don't. I don't have what this world deems necessary, but I've got Jesus Christ. And I've got this word right here to give them. I've got them the living, breathing word of God. You don't have to know everything there is about Pentecost. But if you know that message, if you know that message, you can give them what you have. You can give them Jesus Christ. But it requires you to have your own relationship with him. But I know that everyone in this place once was at that gate begging. 
Everyone in this place was once at that gate asking for silver and gold. And somewhere, someone along the way came and heard you. They were listening. Someone along the way, even if you can't come up with the name of somebody that truly listened, maybe it was on your own. Maybe your last, maybe your last choice was prayer. You, you found yourself in a situation. You thought, man, I, I've never tried this Jesus before. I've only ever heard of him. Let me, give, let me give it a try, and even if it was just here, his ear that heard you. Might not even be anybody in this room, maybe it was just his ear. And can I tell you, that's been me so many times. It was only his ear that heard me, that was listening. But I'm sure it would have been a lot quicker, and it would have been a lot quicker fix if somebody else had been listening along the way. If one of us had just been listening if just one of my friends in my friend group had just been listening to some of the things that I was dealing with and some of the things that I was going through, I could have been leaping and going into the temple a lot sooner. I could have experienced him a lot longer. Yes, Jesus, he's going to do everything he can to reach this lost world. But he has given a great commission to me and to you to be that ear to listen and to give. He has given me this word not to keep it to myself but to give it to this word. That's the promise, that's the calling of every person, Pastor. It doesn't matter what title you hold or what position you're in. You're called to be a witness, called to be a servant and to reach this world. And I'm thankful that he called me from that gate, from that undesirable state. Set me on solid ground. I don't ever want to go back. The only time I'm going back is to get somebody else. Is to get somebody else to give him what I have. And I refuse to keep what I have to myself. I cannot be selfish with what I have to give. And I can find myself in a pulpit today preaching to a church who knows this message. And I can find myself in relationships with people who probably know far more than I do about this whole thing called Pentecost. And I can find myself surrounded by those people. But really who I want to reach. People who I need to reach are the ones who don't know anything, the ones who don't know how to ask. That's who I need to reach. I cannot keep this to myself. And I pray that we're never selfish enough to be okay with what I have. Because like I said, we were given. We were given this not just for ourselves, but you were given this because you were meant to reach, because you were meant to pass it on to somebody else, to give what you have to someone else. Because what you have is not your own. But what you have is found in his name, in his presence, and in his spirit. And everything that you have is because of him. And I know that he's big enough. I know that he's great enough that I can give him everything that I know to someone else. And still have all that I need. And more. Exceedingly abundantly. Above all that I could ask or think. That's what Jesus has given me. That's why I can give him to someone else. And I'm coming to a close and I've preached about a lame man. And I've preached about a man named Peter. And a man named John. And a man named Jesus. And I've preached about all these people. But I know who I'm preaching to today. I'm preaching to an apostolic church. I'm sure this message isn't any revelation to you. If you're a first time guest, I'm so thankful that you've come into this place. And I promise you that this message called Pentecost... To repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. That promise is just as true today. That can be fulfilled today. Amen. Amen. But to the majority of you. To the most of you who know this message. To this apostolic church. You don't need a pep talk. You don't need some kind of feel good speech. That tells you how good you're doing. Or you know you've got it all put together. And I, I can give that to, to you if that's what you want, but that's not what you need here today. I'm talking to every individual who has more power in one name than any other political leader in this world. Any other billionaire CEO in this world. I'm talking to the most powerful people in this world because you have that name called upon you. You're filled with that spirit, the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to remind you that this world needs to know you because you know Jesus. You can try to discount yourself. You can try to disqualify yourself all that you want to. 
But when you've got the name of Jesus written upon you, you're no longer your own. They're no longer talking to just somebody named Cade. They're no longer just talking to somebody named Josh or Aaron. They're talking to somebody who's got the name of Jesus written upon them. That's why they need to know you. That's why they have to know what you've got to give. And I know that as I spoke today, maybe there was a face that crossed your mind. Maybe there was a name that popped up in your head as I spoke. And it just won't seem to leave the further I go on. Maybe you know who the lame man is in your life. I'm sure that as I spoke that there was somebody who popped up and you thought, man, I sure would like to have seen them in church today. Man, I sure would like to see Jesus meet every need that they've spoken to me, fulfill every desire that they've expressed to me. And there's a reason why that name has popped up in your mind today. There's a reason why that face has crossed through your mind today. Because that's your lame man. That's the one that as you go through your daily life, you're meant to have an ear, not just to hear, but to listen and to give what they truly need. You might just have one name that popped up in your mind today, but can I tell you, there are millions more. There are so many more people that you have never met, heard of, or even know exist, but they're going to come along, and it might just be right outside the temple. It could be today. It could be tomorrow, because the uttermost parts of the earth aren't as far off as you think they are. They're right outside these four walls. They're right here in this county, in this state, in this city. The uttermost parts of the earth are right here in Maryland. In Lexington Park, that's where the uttermost parts of Pentecost have to be found. As I come to a close today, I'd like everyone to stand. Stand if you would. And if you want to come to the altar, that's fine. But what I'm more concerned about is what your prayer is. Not about where you find yourself exactly in this, in this place, but what's your prayer? Because before you make that call to that name or to that face, before you plan that lunch, or before you bump into a lame man that you've never known, you better make sure that you know what you have to give. You better make sure that you know the power that's found in the name of Jesus. These altars, they're open if you want to come. But it's time to wait, time to put away that silver and gold that you think hold value. It's time to wait, to put away those things that you think are going to fix these people's situations. And it's time to understand that the cries of this world can only be met when you offer them the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ. So today the prayer is simple. Jesus, open my ears, open my heart. And give me a boldness to speak to the needs that I know this world has. He's here. He's listening today to you. As you pray, his ear is open today. And it's time to speak your own needs so you can speak to the needs of the lame man. Jesus, Jesus. was preaching said the uttermost parts of the earth but he starts in Jerusalem said first in Jerusalem then Judea then Samaria then the uttermost part of the earth but there are people in this room today that can re relate with that lame man that you know the things that you're pursuing right now are not satisfying you that there's an emptiness 
and there's a void and you made your way in this room today and you might be trying your best to blend in and look like you're, everything is going good in your life. But I wonder right now, does anybody recognize that you need Jesus? Because I'm telling you, I know that we have Jesus to give you today. I don't question that. I know everything you need is in this house today. But there's got to be a, come, a point in your life where you recognize silver and gold is not what I need. Another relationship is not what I need. A raise on the job is not what I need. That new home with the swimming pool in the backyard is not what I need. What I need is I need Jesus. What I need is I need somebody to rescue me from my sin. What I need is a Savior that will reach down into my condition and drag me out, bring me out of that miry clay. So I wonder with our heads bowed right now, not looking around, if you're here today, you would say, you know what, I heard that preacher today and I, I recognize I am that lame man. There's something missing in my world. There's something missing in my life. I don't have peace. I don't have joy. I keep on reaching out for something that I feel like will satisfy me, but I never can find it. I wonder, not looking around right now, but I want you to raise your hand if you would, if you can relate with that lame man, because I want to pray for you. Come on, is there anybody that would raise your hand right now and say, that's me? I recognize as the preacher was preaching today, what I need is Jesus. Come on, there's hands raised all across this room right now. There's hands raised all across this building right now. Don't let pride, don't let worrying about what somebody around you is going to think about you. Come on, how sad would it be if that lame man would have been so worried about what others thought about him that he would have had to been carried back the next day. No, because he recognized what he needed that day would be the last day you would have to be carried. Come on, somebody. Right now, what you need is in Jesus. Living Hope, I'm asking you right now to find somebody around you. We're going to pray together. Come on, first, it starts at Jerusalem. We've got the power to be witnesses, to be representers. Why don't you represent right now your testimony? Why don't you tell somebody right now the goodness of Jesus and what he's done in your life? And what he did for me, he can do for you. could we bow our heads together the Bible tells me that there is no sin there is no transgression that Jesus cannot forgive the only sin that Jesus cannot forgive is the sin that you will not confess 
The only sin Jesus cannot forgive is the sin that you will not repent and ask for forgiveness of. My Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all. Everybody say all. The good, the bad, the ugly. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want us to take just a moment right now all throughout this building. I don't care how long you've been coming to the gate. You might, you might have been, spent most of your life in the temple. But the fact is the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all spent time at the gate. So all across this room I want to ask us right now to begin to confess our sins unto God. Your neighbor doesn't need to hear. You don't have to sit in the booth and tell the preacher. The only person that you need to confess to is Jesus Christ. He is our advocate. Amen. He is our healer. He's the one that cleanses. So right now, all across this building, I want to ask us to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins. Lord Jesus, God, we come before you today. I recognize that I am a sinner. As Paul declared and described, I am chief of all sinners. God, there's nobody in this room today that is a bigger sinner, a greater sinner than I am. I know that. But, Lord, I'm not content just to say a sinner. I'm not content, God, just to die, die in my sin. Lord, but I'm asking you today to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you, God, to forgive me for every lie that I've told. God, every bit of hatred that has been in my heart, any prejudice that has been in my spirit. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me, God. I'm asking you to forgive me for lust. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me for greed, oh God, uh, that has entered into my spirit. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me right now for every unkind word I've spoken. For God, any time I might have treated people, God, without respect. God, that I haven't loved my neighbor as I love myself. I'm asking you to forgive me right now, Lord. Uh, God, every sin that I've committed, the ones that are so terrible that I'm ashamed to even mention them, I'm asking you right now, to God, to forgive me. Come on, he is faithful and he is just. He doesn't just forgive preacher sins, but he will forgive preacher sins. He doesn't just forgive first-time visitors, but he will forgive first-time visitors. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. That same Holy Ghost that breathed upon them in that upper room some 2,000 years ago. And for the first time they experienced the outpouring of the Holy Ghost is in this room right now. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that God could never forgive you. Don't let the enemy lie to you right now and tell you that that very sin that you think God could not forgive you for. Come on, I'm telling you right now, the blood of Jesus Christ is in this building. It's flowing in this room today, and it's got enough power to cleanse you. It's got enough power to forgive you and wash away that sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder, could you, could you ask your neighbor, ask him, can I pray with you? I, want, I, I just feel like God's not finished. There's somebody here today. There's a lame man in this building today. God's not finished. I wonder, would you ask your neighbor, do you mind if I pray for you? And I want you to really pray for just a few minutes. I know we're going to go back in a few minutes. And we're going to leave the temple and we're going to go back outside the gate. And we're going to go about our daily lives. But don't forget. The uttermost part of the earth is just outside these doors. Come on, don't forget there's lame people waiting outside this temple at the gate. And they're waiting. Do you know what you've got, living hope? Do you know what you've got, child of God? Come on, I want you to really pray for just a couple of minutes. I bind condemnation in the name of Jesus. I bind that voice of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. I bind that lie of the devil. I bind that voice of the accuser that reminds us of our failures and our shortcomings. And I loose the grace of God. I loose the mercies of the Lord. Hallelujah. I loose the voice of that preacher, Peter and John, who said to that man, such as I have, give I unto thee. Come on, we've got Jesus in this room today. We've got Jesus. We've got something to give our world. 
We've got something to give to that lame man. We've got something to give to those that are bound by hopelessness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you know what you got. If you know what you got, I want you to find somebody to pray with. If you know what you've got. If you know you've got a testimony. If you know you've got a story. If you know you've got a testimony. And you've got a witness of what God has done for you. Come on, I want you to pray for him and tell him, listen, what God did for me, he can do for you. I wasn't always in the temple. I used to be the lame man by the gate. But Jesus changed my life. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Come on, somebody. Come on, you. If you know what you got, you got to know what you've got. If you're not really convinced Jesus can do it, you don't have anything to offer. But if you know what you've got, I want you to find somebody and tell them Jesus can do it for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, come on, he delivered me. He picked me up, he rescued me. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Hallelujah, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. But Jesus rescued me, he paid the ransom. He paid a price I could never pay. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I wonder if anybody in the room could raise your hand and say, I know what I've got. Come on, I know what I've got. I've got a testimony. Anybody in the building got a testimony that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Come on. Somebody know that scripture? Anybody know that passage? What does it go on and say? Why did he bring you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why did he do it? So that you could show forth the praises. Don't be hiding your praise. You need to let somebody, or you need, there needs to be a smile on your face. They need to know, hey, whatever they've got, I want what they've got. That you could show forth the praises of him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Cade doesn't know that three weeks ago, Brother Dillingham told us he preached Acts 1 and 8. That, that after that you receive the Holy Ghost, you will be witness, representers. Anybody remember that? In Jerusalem, that's the temple. In Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the living hope, God's telling us something. God's given us a message. It's time for this church to get beyond the four walls. Amen. And my experience has been that if God gives you the same message twice in about a three-week span, it's because he's saying you might not have really got it the first time. I want to make, I believe it's because God is telling this church he's got a purpose for us beyond these walls. That our greatest revival is not inside these walls, it's beyond these walls. It's the one. It's the sheep that are out there outside the sheepfold. Anybody ready to leave the 99 and go after the one? Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.